0: Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for this week's edition of Courageous Conversations and this week we have with us Ewan Morton from Morton's. Hi Ewan.
1: Hello Leanne.
0: So for those of us that don't know anything about your business, can you give us a little bit of a snapshot about Morton's?
1: Yes, we have uh, eight officers, about 70 plus people. Across all of that we managed three and a half thousand properties. Uh, we were established in 1996, myself and my father Um, Established it together, and uh, in fact, this year he actually retired at the age of eighty. So um, that was one of our key goals: was to get him working for as long as he was, as far as long as he felt he was able. So that was pretty exciting.
0: That's awesome Um, that he still worked until he was eighty. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, no, it was. We were pretty chuffed with that, and um, I suppose we never thought we'd get this far. So. We were pretty thrilled.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. You spoke for me earlier this year at the Women in Real Estate event that um, REINSW put on. And you said to me afterwards that you're a better woman as a result of the research you did for that presentation. And it was a very entertaining presentation for those of you who, who didn't see it. It was one that you shouldn't have missed. But can you tell me a little bit about the research that you did in preparation for that and the things that you discovered that surprised you?
1: Well, I suppose the, the the first thing is that I, I thought that it would be fun to do yep. that talk, and as you know, I asked you. You uh, did the other speakers. I thought it would. I thought that it would be entertaining to, yep. to to do it. And I've never had so much feedback before a speech ever, where <laughs> I had lots of strong opinion from lots of people. Right about what I should be saying and whether I should be doing it or not. I thought that was quite quite That fascinating is interesting event. Yeah, why would they
0: yeah. not why would they think that you shouldn't be speaking?
1: Well firstly I'm not a woman. Well so yeah, uh and it wasn't women's events. I mean my <laughs> even my own wife had a bit to say about it and she generally doesn't pass too much comment about what
0: yeah, I'm right. up
1: to. Uh, And she was when I when I said to her that I was speaking at the women in real estate she almost did a double take and she was just like you know, what, like, <laughs> what, just what are you doing? And her comment to that was like, and just what do you think that you can tell those women? Which was followed up with, don't you dare patronize those women. So wow. that, that pulled me up to start with because okay. I'm like, oh, right. I was like, oh, I hadn't really sort of thought about that. No. Um, so, yeah, so I sort of went on this journey talking to people and also started to think about what it is that I should say. And um, I remember talking to you, Leanne, and saying, when you're thinking you could solve my problem, where <laughs> I said, Leanne, what do, you, what do you want me to say? And your response was, well, you volunteered for this. Obviously, you've got something to say, so say that.
0: <laughs> I'm helpful, Which, aren't you, I? Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like, that's not that's not helping me. But I did think about it. I thought about it a lot. And I think probably in Turkey, I do a bit of speaking, and this was probably one of the ones where I, I, I really thought hard about what I was going to say. I actually went to all the women in Morton uh, to say, look, I'm, I'm making this speech and what is it that you would like me to say? And I had a range of views from, I don't know why you're doing this and why does this gender thing have to be an issue and why does it have to be a separate organ? And this is from women. Sure. You know, yeah. I, no, I, 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 I don't it. understand why everybody gets so caught up on that, so I definitely had that. I had people saying the fact that I actually sent an email asking a question shows that there is progress, so I thought that was... interesting Interesting. yeah yeah the people thought that they didn't have a voice a lot of people that said it was you know good to have a man up there talking about equality of gender so that was that was good within my own team i felt supported that they thought it was overall a good thing that i was that i was doing so yeah so a lot lot of talking and also talking to the boys too right so you know, obviously, a discussion about gender, I mean, there's a lot of, as we say, it's the year of the woman. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of focus on, on women, uh, which is good. Uh, but uh, I was like, okay, well, what do what, what the men think about this and what issues are they seeing and what are things that we as a business and even as a society have to actually change yeah. in order to make this a better conversation? So I think to a certain extent, you know, there was a degree of controversy yeah, in the sure. uh, doing it and i certainly felt i wanted to present not both sides of the argument but different reflections on both on both sides and i thought some of the men had some really interesting things to say okay for example well i think in in sydney and we're certainly seeing this in our business like we're in we're in inner city areas and it's very congested i think we're at a point where if somebody wants to own real estate and even not even then if you wish to survive in sydney then you need to have two working parents yep and I would say in my firm, most people there is not. I don't think there's anybody who does not have a working spouse, be yep. it male or female. And I think on the male side, so what what that means is is that economically things are being shared, and it means childcare is being shared. Yep. And so you've got men who have to leave by you know five thirty in order to make the daycare to pick up the kid. So definitely, got there. you know, like after 6 o'clock and you're being penalised big time, so there's a rush from the men to get to childcare on their day. So we've sure. got to be flexible to that. I also think, you know, I've, I've got men who've got daughters and uh, they need time. Like one guy asked me to, he needed time off to go to do hair and makeup at the <sighs> Estedford, at the Dance Estedford. I love it. I know. And I'm like, right, yeah, and of course. I said, yes, of course, you must do that because one of the big things we're about is, you know, parent, well, I used to say mother first,
0: yeah, more than right. second. Yep.
1: Now, this is interesting. I used to say that. Yep. Now I say parent first, yep. more than second, yep. because I think a lot of working parents, they get caught up on guilt of missing stuff and not being part of it. I'm like, no, you, you're going to make it. You'll make it up. Don't worry about it. Attend the event. So, yep. you know, there's men who are going off, and this particular guy's got two daughters. So if he wishes to participate in his daughter's lives, he's doing daughter things. And one of those things is the is the dancer Stedford. So I think that in itself is changing the conversation because, you know, it's not like women need to, you know, not only do women have to have childcare prioritised, so do men. And that was one of the sort of uh, the, the feelings I got from the talk, you know, like some women going like, why should that make a difference, you know, in terms of, you know, people understanding the balance. And I'm like, well, I think it makes all the difference because it means it's not a gender thing, it's a people thing. And probably the more people things that we have, the better these conversations are going to be about getting equality in the workplace. So, You know, we haven't got to the point in Australia, I think, where we have equal sharing of stuff. I still think there's an emphasis on men to work. And this is one of the interesting things that came back from the men is men, and again, I'm being general, I'm not being specific. Of course. Men men generally are conditioned to be able to earn enough money to be able to support a family. Yep, And that's very much a man thing. Yep. Right? and, and um, they will tend to compromise everything else in order to make sure that they're fulfilling that responsibility. So, you know, you've got this thing, you, we've got to have a conversation about men who may actually want to work less and spend more time with their children and, you know, a woman can be, she can choose to be a stay-at-home mum if she wishes and she's not judged for that, certainly not amongst men she's not judged for that, some people would say some women would judge her for that, but um, wait, she's got that choice. Or if she wishes to have a full on career, she can have that too. Yep. Whereas I don't think men feel comfortable with that yet. You know In in terms of them being able to, I think that they. judged for doing that i actually think they judge themselves i was just about to say
0: that they judge themselves because i know there was a time a few years back where my husband wasn't working and so he would go and do the grocery shopping during the day during the week and he he would come back feeling really down and it's like what's wrong it's like i feel like people are judging me because i'm able to do the grocery shopping at you know in the middle of the morning on a wednesday it's like mm, are they really though i don't think people people care anywhere near as much about you as you think they do
1: yeah so there's what that means is there's lots of conditioning there that needs to change sure you know it's a bit like to i mean i think i think money can be a tricky thing too between couples where men are conditioned again generally speaking to hand over their money right to support the family and you know sometimes you've got the the wife might be managing the finances the man and we see this in our sales team where. They hand yep. over the money, the wife manages it. And and they're they're sort of happy to do that. And then you get women who'll be like, Well, no, my money's my money, not our money.
0: So yeah, right.
1: <laughs> how that all works, I think there's a dynamic that goes on there that needs to be talked about a bit more if we're going to get this sure. Get a more balanced a balanced, get a more balanced workplace.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so on the um on the day of the event, like the feedback that you had afterwards, how did that go? Good. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I think so. I mean, <laughs> you
0: were very entertaining. There's no doubt about that.
1: Well, I was very conscious. It was interesting being in an all women event, like because uh, I think the balance between being an empowered woman who's achieving things and a show off can be a thin line.
0: Yeah, you absolutely. Uh, that's a really interesting point. I completely agree. Completely like I agree. I listened
1: to I listened to some of the talks. I thought if that was a man making that speech, yeah, some of the men would go, "What in that?" utter wanker yeah right right. but (laughs) because the women are different in how they uh empower each other i think there's there's not that sense of competition between them where they're a bit like you know what a woman succeeding is succeeding for all of us Not just for herself, and you certainly got that vibe.
0: Yeah, certainly in that in that environment, you're absolutely right. I'm not sure if that's true of women in general in society, but certainly that event is all about shining the light on women that have succeeded and just trying to encourage others to take that you know that next step, whatever that looks like for them.
1: Yeah, and and to be brave and courageous to do it. Yeah. So you know that whole thing. I can do it. You can do it too. So there was definitely. Definitely that vibe. I was very conscious to not talk about my achievements
0: at all. Yeah.
1: Because I I really thought that was completely irrelevant for this particular discussion. I did not want that to get in the way of my message. I found at the break, a lot of people came up and talked to me and, you know, they were talking about how they're trying to balance their their husband's career and their career, particularly the ones that had a full-on career and how they were doing that. So. Some of the men who had, you know, they were working four and a half days a week. So they could that 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 half day they were picking up children from school because they wanted to and they wanted to be part of that. And I found so, that there were
0: quite a few women there that had their husbands working for them.
1: Yeah. Like in terms of the sales. As
0: ones. yeah, that's right. The salespeople having their, their husband as their assistant, which I loved.
1: Well it's like it's like anything, isn't it? Like You know, you've got to work as a team, I think, any partnership. You have to work as a team. And it's like all these things. There's things that get done, you know, to make your life succeed that don't actually necessarily involve cash, whether it's organising the domestics or doing the shopping or, you know, doing the washing. You need to be working or raising kids. You need to be working as a team. And I think the important thing is that both people in that partnership respect what the other person is contributing, even if that is not a dollar amount. I suppose that's where it all goes a bit pear-shaped because you get people, you know, they don't value it. Yeah. The person doing the giving doesn't value it. There is that power struggle. And one of the points I wanted to make was, you know, the economic vulnerability of a woman with a couple of kids and a poor partner as in poor choice of partner you know I've certainly sure. experienced that in our business and you know a woman will always prioritize the children and she will sacrifice herself for the children the children come first so yeah I think that's a big thing where they'll think well I can't have the career options I'm going I would like because I need to prioritize the children and so they do that and I think that's one of the reasons that some people, you know, get surpassed in the workforce or whatever is because they will make those choices. And I think we have to have better environments to be able to, to support that. But, you know, a single, a single mother with two kids like that can be a one way ticket to poverty if you've not got the right structures around that and the right support. And I've seen that in our business and I feel strongly about that and having the right structures in our society to be able to support that. And that comes down to this sort of, you know, the, the equal role between men and women in earning money and also raising kids, having a home, all that sort of stuff. But I think we've probably got a way to go before we get there. In fact, I think we're only just starting that conversation.
0: Yeah, interesting. And so what do you think are the things that business owners like you should or could be doing to support women better in the workplace, bearing those things in mind?
1: Look... I think, I think flexibility is a big thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just not women. I think that's No, it's people.
0: parents, right? Or
1: people, yeah. I think we're moving into a world too where, um, and I'm sure that the next generation will be better at dealing with this than, say, people of my age. Yeah. Um, where, you know, people making choices that you can't have it all, so you've got to choose. If you want to work hard, work hard. If you want to work three days a week because you want to do two days a week of something else, all of these sort of choices, I think people are going to be more comfortable about making, whereas previous generations have always been focused on working the most and then trying to fit everything else into it, which, of course, cracks compromise.
0: Yeah, you're so right. They, um, there's a, a very different view now on work and uh, why we work and having yeah. to have work with genuine meaning and purpose, whereas back in the old days when you and I were first, first started working, it was just all about getting a job and earning money, and you, you don't expect – it's called work for a reason. You're not meant to enjoy it, right?
1: That's that's right and also I think people are going to choose to go, you know what, I may not be able to buy a property. I'm, I'm actually okay with that because the, the priorities of my life is whatever and the, the work I'm going to choose to do means that I will not be able to do that. I'm actually okay with that choice. So interesting, isn't it? Like it is not it Like our generation, we would never have made that choice. No chance. No chance. No so chance. So I, I, think, I think even people being able to do stuff like that makes a, a big difference to the conversation. Yeah, for sure. People start going, you know what, I'm I'm gonna work three days a week and help charity for two days a week or work three days a week, I'm gonna study two days a week. I think all of people being allowed to do that is going to also help with this discussion between men and women and who does what. Who does what? And men and men being allowed to let go of that. Uh, idea that they're the ones that have to earn all the money.
0: Yeah, it, it is not an easy conversation for men at the moment. No, with more, and more no. Women. no. And, yeah.
1: And, and I oh. thought that was interesting. Like in that in that same conference, you know, the, the woman who was the head of domestic violence in New South Wales, where she was saying domestic violence is at an all-time record high and, it's, and she called it an epidemic. And she called it an epidemic that was that could be fixed. And so, you know, what's going on? You know, where, where, what, what is going on? Like, I don't know what the answer is, but, you know, why is it that, you know, domestic violence is on the increase or seeing more of it? Is it about men not understanding where they fit in the world and the only way they feel they can deal with it is to is to punch their spouse? I, I don't know. But um, there's definitely a lot out there. And I, I think also in all of this that some men are getting lost, Yes. You know, like yep. I definitely think they're getting lost and they can't be left out of the conversation. No. You know, it can't be a I don't I think an empowerment of women to the detriment of men is it's not a good thing. No, I, I think that's gonna cause a whole bunch of issues. It has to be a journey that everybody goes on together in order to be able to get the get the right balance. So coming back to your question about the workplace, I think flexibility is a big thing. I think it's trusting people and also we're saying everybody's more mobile now. You know, I happen to be here today in Crow's Nest, but I may not be here tomorrow. Uh, we're all moving around with laptops and iPhones. We can work anywhere. Yep. So I think that's getting everybody used to that flexibility, you know, where people are like, oh, I can't see my people, so I don't know what they're doing. It's <laughs> exactly. like, well, yep. if you're outcome-focused and you've got the right set of KPIs, you'll know whether they're doing their job or not. Concentrate on that. Who cares where they are? And I think that helps this sort of technology piece is going to help with all of this discussion.
0: Yeah, but it's challenging for the, um, you know, the baby boomers amongst us, me being one of them, to get your head around that initially. You know, I've got people that work from home a couple of days a week for various reasons. I've got a couple of team members that work around school drop off and pick up and all of that sort of stuff. You're absolutely right. If you're outcome focused, it actually yeah. doesn't matter where people are.
1: Yeah, you just got to make sure you've got enough system in place to make sure there's boundaries in place that people don't take the piss.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: But do you think, do you think they're not at work taking the piss? Of course they are. (laughs) You know, so, so I I think that that's a big, big thing that will change the the conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just talking about it as well. You know, I, I do, um, cop a little bit because as you know, I've got the Real Women in Real Estate Network and, uh, we do catch up with a whole bunch of women on a very regular basis around the country. And I get a hard time from men about that saying, well, why does gender have to be an issue? And I get it because I never understood why we needed to have those sorts of groups either. But the reality is that women connect and communicate differently when men are not in the room. And the other thing is that we want to hear stories from um, people that we can relate to, people that are like us, So, you know, the million dollar GCI writers, you know, up on stage at some events without their socks don't necessarily resonate with, you know, a mum who's trying to, you know, manage everything that goes with that as well as make a good living out selling real estate.
1: Yeah. And I think there's good stories to be told there. And and certainly the women in a network being able to discuss that sort of stuff and try and get that balance so that you can be... a good mum. We did something the other day in our sales team where we were talking about what did we want to be remembered for when we die. Yeah, like, nice. You know, it's very motivating.
0: Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> no, but legacy think, is an interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and so a couple of the women in there were like, you know, I want to remember being a good mother. Right. And these were women who had careers and jobs and all that sure. sort of stuff. So, you know, I think I think the more everybody talks about this, the better.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. One of the things that still stays with me after um, after that event was, as you would remember, we had Louise at Gies and she is the lead plaintiff for the Harvey Weinstein yes. case. And you were reflecting that afterwards everybody wanted to talk to her but they didn't want to ask her questions.
1: No, I was shocked. And it's interesting, you know, like I, I don't think I, I feel like I'm reasonably okay with the human condition and not necessarily <laughs> surprised by much. I like to think, but I'd say That's but I think every man should see that, yeah. should have seen her because firstly Harvey Weinstein's a pick yep. like, and and what he did and the confidence with which he proceeded with his actions, you yes. can call it that.
0: Relentlessly.
1: <laughs> yeah, Relentlessly. Yeah. You know, obviously he had... Pulled that stunt off many, many times, and yep. he didn't think it was going to be any different with Louise Z. So that was, that was bad, right? But I'd obviously read, read about that in the paper, so sure. I knew, I knew what Harvey, Harvey Weinstein done. What shocked me was, I'm in a room, well, which I think Tim McGibbon was the only other man there, but there, I was watching all the women in the auditorium, and, you know, it was hundreds there, and they, no one, no one was watching, asking Louise a question, even though they were able to. They all were standing up to support her, to say, good on you yep. for for doing this. And I realised that I was watching a whole bunch of women who had had their own version of a Harvey Weinstein moment. And I was shocked at that. I was shocked at that. I know you were. That I, know. That, 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 that I was like, oh, my God. Like, I knew this stuff happened, but I didn't realise.
0: Didn't realise how that, regularly it happened.
1: Yes. And how much people had been putting up with this. And, and what I realised from that was my, my sort of takeout was, was I think that – A lot of women get a lot of this stuff all the time and they just deal with it because they've got used to it. And it was a bit like Louisette's story. She knew what she was walking into with Harvey Weinstein. In fact she set boundaries around that interaction of what he could do and couldn't do, and he yes. still smashed them.
0: Yeah, right? exactly. They shook so on it. Was, she was, they shook yeah, on she it before she got it. into the lift. She said, yeah, okay, she was, this is was, if this is a business meeting. Yeah, um, yeah, she
1: yeah. was no fool. Like she, she knew exactly what, what, what he was capable of, right, and she yep. prepared yep. herself yep. for it, and he still did it, right. Yep. So, yeah, so I was sort of shocked at this, and I think that a lot of things happen to women, that they don't tell their men about, totally. Right, and I, I know this because I went home and discussed this with my wife. And I think the white women—they're so used to dealing with it, they get on with it. They they then get on with the matters of business, like what are the kids doing, and what am I, what's for dinner, and where how who's it. Well, there's it's no, I normal mean, normal stuff.
0: Yeah, mostly there's no point sharing it with your husband because he's going to want to fix it. And he necess- he can't probably, and so he's going to get annoyed. It just creates aggro. So why put yourself through it?
1: That's right, I, and that's what <laughs> I thought. It's like, and you drink, go, oh, I'll go punch him in the head. Yeah, well, exactly. that's actually not that. It's actually not that helpful. No. So I thought that was that. That was like, oh my god, there needs to be a a, a discussion. And I think yeah. anybody who listens to this go home and ask your wife and yep. and see what she comes out with and just don't overreact <laughs> yeah <laughs> the first thing like my wife said to me she goes she where she works she sometimes works late and um she said oh, she always goes to the car park holding her keys in her hand yeah so that she can strike out if she needs to she said do you do that <laughs> and i'm like no i don't
0: i do that exact same thing yeah yeah that's it you think right
1: no, no, no. you know so that sort of physical threat stuff you know as well as the other stuff so Yeah, I was quite shocked at that. And I thought that there needs to be better discussions about it. I also think that we're in a point at the moment where, you know, one of those sort of society moments where what was appropriate yesterday is now inappropriate today. I think we're all still adjusting to that about what people can say and not say. And I think part of this gender business is is a respect You know, like, I've actually been thinking about this a lot. I think it's all about – it all comes back to respect, where you have to show people, regardless of gender, background, sexual orientation or whatever, you just got to show respect. Yeah. And I think we're moving into a world where if you don't show that respect – then you're actually going to be in trouble.
0: Because there's a lot of, um, you know, the term for it is everyday sexism that women don't tend to comment on because we're accused of being precious if we do. But it's not actually appropriate. A lot of the language and a lot of the comments that are passed about someone's appearance, for example, are just not appropriate. But it's been part of what we've had to be used to for a really long time.
1: Yeah, and and you know, and everyone sort of gets. it says, "Oh, political correctness is crazy." Oh,
0: mad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> mad. But but then on another, you know, they shouldn't be so sensitive. Yeah. You know, that's the other one. And you know, they they need to grow up. You know, I've even heard myself say things like that. And when you're coming from, you know, I'm 52, so yeah. you're sort of coming from a different era. You know, the general behaviour that we saw, you know, in the workplace, it generally was actually, by today's standards, incredibly poor. So, you know, we're like, you know, it's not as bad as that, for God's sake, pull yourself together. But I think that there's a better, there's a new world coming. And it's and I think to get coming back to the the gender thing and getting equality and, and there's a lot of work to go, but I think it's about that has to happen first. So if we get this respect happening and then that allows for a better conversation and then that allows for people to potentially get what they want. And I think some men may surprise themselves, oh, actually, I don't want a big career. I'd actually rather be coaching my, my child's sport team
0: yeah, for and, sure.
1: and participating in that, and, that. I'd really love to do that. And my wife's got a really great job and she can earn good money and she's happy doing that. So can't we operate like this? I think we always need to give ourselves permission to let that happen.
0: I think we've got to be also really happy for everybody's choices rather than, you know, we're yes. always very quick to judge. Judgey. um Yeah, exactly. Yes. Judge people that, you know, for example, I don't have children. And there's, yes. there's plenty of people that have judged me on that decision, but it's actually yes. nobody else's business but mine That's and my ex- husband's.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. So we just all need to show more respect and be less judgmental.
0: Yes, that mm. is absolutely very, very old, true. The
1: age old thing. You know, that's sort of how it's always been, really. But I do think that we're, we've got to have a, uh, more of that in order to be able to get a better dialogue having about males and females in the workplace
0: yes absolutely well we have been chatting on for 30 minutes and i know that you and i could probably keep on chatting for another 30 without a problem but i think that's the perfect place for us to leave today's chat great so thank you thank you so much i really really appreciate you taking the time
1: no problem anytime and thank you for having me
0: absolute pleasure i'll talk to you soon
1: bye-bye
0: bye